RadioInfluence.com. Oh, this is good. This is good today. Big following. My guest is from Barstool. Barstool Sports, Stephen Shea. He's their Tampa Bay Buccaneers guy. He is the Giovanni Bernard, J.P.P. Well, J.P.P. is no longer on the Buccaneers, but I'm telling you, whatever he does, it goes viral. Anything that Barstool Sports goes viral. They captured the young male audience. They started in Boston. They kept growing nationwide, worldwide, led by Dave Portnoy. They are it. So me to get the chance to get Stephen Shea, who is here in Tampa Bay, following his beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers when he asked Tom Brady, the, the, the Giovanni Bernard, and it went viral. And, and I said, I got to get him. And I got him. And he sat down. And he couldn't have been nicer. How did Stephen Che make it to Barstool? How did he make it to the top? What a story. Couldn't have been nicer. Down to earth. Here he is. Very tall. Big man. Boy, they bust his balls. And he doesn't mind. <laughs> Enjoy. Stephen Che. All right, I am with the great Stephen Shea, Barstool Sports. He's here. He's watching the Buccaneers. We know his Buccaneer fandom. Uh, congratulations on your success. How you doing, Steve? Uh, doing great. It's it's very humbling to see people here that know me and have consumed some of my stuff. Like uh, it's been great. I've been here for. I will be. My total trip is like forty nine hours, but I'm trying to make the most out of it. Uh, obviously, I got to talk to Tom yesterday, which was very fun. Um, and then I am, hopefully it looks like it's going to be arranged. I'm going to be talking to uh, Giovanni Bernard, uh, later today. So, uh, very excited about that. Uh, and it's been great just kind of seeing the team. That's, this is what I love to do. Now, let me ask you how the heck I see you went to, uh, you know, like a business school, you, you, that's your background. I know you like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but how did you get into Barstool? Uh, so I got into Barstool on the business side and that's what I've been doing for five and a half years until, uh, two months ago, really. Uh, how it happened was uh, Barcel moved to New York. I had a job at Amazon doing ad operations. And when they hired a CEO and they're, you know, they needed to build out several levels of the company. Um, I met one of my friends actually introduced me to someone who worked like part-time for Barstool uh, as a seller and um, was like, Hey, you should do buck stuff on Barstool because breaking down the all 22 on vine at the time and on Twitter um, for the bucks. And I kind of laughed like there's no money and nobody cares about this. They just won two games. Like nobody cares about that. So um, he, the guy was like, oh, well, you know, maybe not right, but they are looking for like an ad operations person. They just hired a CEO, in which case I kept in touch with him and things kind of snowballed from there. And I kept doing breaking down the all 22. And then somewhat when I worked there, uh, just because I love doing it in my free time and learning more about the team and putting a positive spin on the team, which was the goal the whole time. And then someone brought it to Dave's attention, Dave Pornoy, and he thought it was weird and asked if he could write about it, even though it wasn't content. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then it kind of snowballed from there. And uh, yeah, I, I started doing a few things around the NFL draft as far as writing mock drafts. And then uh, I became part of uh, a show on Sirius called The Evening Yak with Big Cat Roan. And then at, at the time it was Jared Carabas. And we did that, and then I kind of got integrated in the content life, and then more and more it just kind of snowballed, and now I'm and now I'm here covering the Bucks. Now you realize the the chances; it's very slim to be 
in kind of like broadcasting uh, at such a high level. You realize that. Are you sometimes amazed at the reach of Barstool? Yeah. I mean, yesterday we put out the, uh, it's funny. So I like, I came here, I knew I was going to have press credentials and you know, the players are somewhat random as far as who goes in there, but it was, Tom was on the schedule for Monday or maybe Tuesday. So I was going to get to speak with him. And, um, yeah, I just was, I was actually working with our social guy, my friend Joey, uh, to craft like a question. And I was like, all right, what's going to play the best? Like, how, how are we going to do this? Like, I, I want something that'll like pop. And we came up with actually like a pretty long winded question, but I, you know, I slept on it. I woke up the next morning. And I was like, I'm going to be so nervous cause I'm such a Bucks fan. Like what's fun about my part of the media is that my link to the team is I am a fan. Like most people like, you know, can't necessarily, you kind of got to call it down the middle, but I am a Bucks fan first. And, um, I knew that I was probably going to black out when I started talking and, uh, I was like, all right, yeah, you know, the best plan is just hit him with a Giovanni Bernard and see kind of how it goes. And yeah, I am amazed by the reach because I sent it to the social team after it happened. I was like, this is going to be great. And so they put it up and, you know, we're at 1.6 million views as of this morning and I'll probably get up to about two. And if you're listening to this, this was when he's saying this, this was, I can't imagine by the time this plays, this was, we're only the day after. So really what is it really like at Barstool? Is it as crazy? Is it more of a business that fans think, you know what I mean? Guys, all they do is just have so much fun. What is it really like there? Um, It is probably a mix. So, I mean, there is a whole floor that is business, but then on the content floor, um, I would say it's not like crazy. It is, I would describe it as inspiring because there are a lot of people and like my job, as far as how I view it is to stay relevant and stay in the headlines and a big part of my identity and persona is the Buccaneers. And that's, that will always be part because I am just genuinely a massive Buccaneers fan and follow everything. Like I was at, I was the first person in practice yesterday. I was watching Nick Leverett, uh, snap the ball to nobody. It was, it was great. So, and I enjoy that, but, um, it is inspiring to see people pursue passions that they have to get more views and things like that, because that's kind of the way we feel that media is going. So, um, yeah, it's just inspiring seeing people chase what they want to do and what inspires them. And it is inspiring to see that. What's Dave Portnoy really like, Stephen? Uh, Dave is a great guy, like, um, good dude. If you ever see him on the street and you know, you say you're still, he takes a ton of pictures, very friendly when he gets to know you and you work for him, it's a little bit different. Um, as far as he's still a great guy, but he is very blunt and honest. Um, and I appreciate that. Like, um, if it's a bad idea, he'll tell you it's a bad idea. And if it's a good idea, he'll say good idea. So, um, I love working with Dave and we have a good relationship and I've known him for, you know, almost six years now. So I'm excited to continue to do that. And now I'm, uh, managing, (laughs) I'm the commissioner of a fantasy football league. He's in with all these, you know, big baseball stars. So, um, at the end of the day in that world, I am his boss. That's great. Just a couple more. How did you become a New Jersey guy? How did you become such a humongous Buccaneers fan? Yep. So my dad immigrated to the States when he was 17 and he likes the Jets and the Giants equally and just kind of, he'll watch both games. We get, you know, when the NFC and AFC are divided, you know, you get both games that are local. So Jets and Giants games would always be on. He would watch them both. They used to not conflict time wise. Um, And he just likes whoever's doing well that year. And I hated that methodology of being a sports fan. 
So I was like, all right, I'm not going to like one of those teams because it'd be really annoying if you liked, for example, the Jets. And then they got good. And my dad was like, ah, the Jets, let's go. So um, I liked the team whose logo I liked and who was fun to play with video games. And that was when I was 10 years old and we're, you know, 26 years later. Really? Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of bandwagoners now, though, with the GOAT, right? Yeah. But I mean, honestly, that's okay. As a Bucks fan, like we... The more fans, the merrier. Like, I'm not trying to exclude everyone because they just started when Tom came here. Like, great. If you want to support the team, come on. Let's, let's go. What about your future? What's in store? Do you have a bucket list? Do you just love what you're doing now? Do you want to continue to do exactly what you're doing now at Barstool? What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I just kind of started in this role full-time. So, um, yeah, I mean, continuing to grow on this. Like, obviously... Um, it was tough the past two years with the COVID restrictions in the NFL. And I couldn't really like the last time I was down here was pre COVID and you know, they didn't, for people that don't know that like a lot of the Buccaneers staffers couldn't even interact with the team. So there's no chance that myself, a fan slash media personality could do that. So, um, now things are opening up, hopefully, you know, be with the team more and touch base with them more frequently than I was a couple times a year. So, um, yeah, that, and just kind of continuing to grow the brand and, you know, a lot of, fantasy football stuff. We have a podcast called fantasy football factory and, um, uh, sports gambling is really big in the in state by state, not in Florida, but, um, so continuing to do that, do some NBA stuff, do some football stuff. My last one, I'm sure you get this a lot. What advice do you give? You probably get a ton of people. Hey man, how can I get into barstool? I want to do what you're going to do, but you've been successful. What is the best advice you can give someone? Uh, the best advice I can give is to, grind yourself and have like a portfolio. So if it's depending on what you do, if it's blogging, if you're big on TikTok, like have a library of things that you can point to, to say, I can bring value to this. If you just go there and you say, I love Barstool. Okay. Well, that doesn't provide the company any value. At the end of the day, it's a business that's trying to make money. So you have to show that you can do it and have done it for a while. And some people get their foot in the door by like producing or doing social for, a show or a podcast or whatever, and they do it on their own time because they love it. And that's how a lot of people have gotten in. And um, that would probably be my best advice, but it's not easy. So you really just have to want it really bad and literally love doing it. Listen, it's been an honor and a pleasure. And one last Giovanni. A Giovanni Bernard. Thank you, Stephen. That was really cool. That was really cool because, like I said, Barstool's got it. Got it, man. They they, they did a, uh, I think I think it was last year. I don't know if it was last year, the year before, during the college football season, where college football has their game day. You know, they go out to a campus, ESPN. Uh, they've been doing it for years, and the tradition, and all the students come, and blah blah blah. Well, Barstool did one at the same. I forget where it was. I remember seeing the aerial shots. They had way more college students that checked out the Barstool broadcast compared to what ESPN was doing. That blew me away. I mean, they, they're they good. They found it. They found a formula, man. They have captured the young audience. And so here's how it all went down with Stephen Che. You ready? So I'm like, man, I gotta get, I gotta get a name guest. I gotta get somebody a name, man. I gotta do, gotta, gotta. So I went to, I went to the uh, the Buccaneers practice the day that Stephen was there. I had to leave. 
I don't remember if it was going to the Rays game. It was a family commitment. I'm a father and a husband and you got different commitments that you got to take care of. So I couldn't stay, even though I knew that Brady was talking. And so I left. I had no idea that Stephen Che, J.P.P., Giovanni Bernard, Giovanni Bernard, I knew that he did that. I knew everything viral. I knew who he was and all that, but I had no idea. And when I saw the video, when he did the Giovanni Bernard to uh, Brady, he was sitting right behind Ira Kaufman from Joe Buck's fan, because that's usually where I sit that second seat towards the middle. I was like, holy shit, he was there. Damn. Maybe he'll be there the next day. You know what? Probably not coming in just for one, one practice. Oh, I got to get him. The, I got to get him the next day. Got to get him for the podcast. Let me see. Doesn't know if we meet from Adam. It's going to be on the fly. So I get up extra early for the next day's training camp practice. And when I checked my phone, I was already on the way. I was at a light. I checked my phone and I saw his feed and there was a selfie of Steven. It said early bird catches the worm. And I thought, Oh, and he went early. Yeah. He's probably staying in a hotel somewhere in the West shore area. Maybe just, Oh, Oh, beautiful. Now my normal routine is I pull in, I go to the guard gate, uh, you know, the tent, I get my daily credential. I usually go into the media room, put my backpack down, set my stuff up like that, you know, da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. And, but no, uh, you know, go to the bathroom. I'm like, no, I'm just going to go down. He's here early. He's here early. So I'm, I'm hightailing it. I get there. I walk. Nobody is there yet. I get down there. Boom. I'm walking the length of the football field. I go down to where the uh, media tent is, uh, other side of the complex, and WDAE, the morning show, Ronnie and T. Kras, they're broadcasting live. They were just setting up, getting ready to go live. Lobner was in studio. And I, I saw T. Kras. I said, hey, T. Kras, have you seen Stephen Che from Barstool? He's like, no, he was here yesterday. No, he's not here. I was like, what? But but it said, I saw his Twitter and it said early bird catch the worm. And he, did he goes, that's from a day ago. I didn't look to see it was one day, one D. I was like, oh, shit. Damn it. Damn it. Why did I leave yesterday before Bray? I, whatever I was, I had to do it. So I was like, ah, oh, son of a gun. Well, maybe, I don't know. So I walk the length of the field. I go back in the media room looking around. No. And I go over by the tents. Oh, now fans are starting to come in a little bit. Now I go down. I'm watching practice. And then I come back over and blah, blah, blah. They have a family and friends section. And they also have a sponsor section. Uh, and I don't have the credential that allows me to go into the family and friends section. Like Ira Kaufman from Joe Buck's fan the one day. Like, I broke protocol, Rock. Arians was in there. And I just broke protocol and I went in there. <laughs> well, you got away with it? Good for you. You have to have a, a wristband to get into that, that section. I don't have that. So, all right. So I'm just kind of standing there and I've been watching practice and hotter than hell. And, and I look all the way down in the family and friends section and from a distance. And I knew that Steven was tall. I was like, that looks like Steven Che. I think that's him. It is him. Holy shit. He's still here. Oh, 
I'm going to get him. So he was talking with another gentleman, looked like a former athlete, tall guy, had to be a half hour, swear to God. And when you're kind of lingering and there's a security guard right there at that section, what I have learned to do is don't stand in one spot where you're really not supposed to be for a long time. Because then you're going to be like, uh, can you let me see your credentials? You're not supposed to be. They're supposed to be minute. So I'm uh, moving and grooving. Always get to know the security people. Like, how you doing, man? How you hanging in the heat? You know, you got enough water? You know that type of thing. And then I was there so long, and then I would move all the way down in the sun by the sponsors, and I'm looking from a distance. There's Stephen Jay. He's still there. Okay. But boy, he's talking for a long time. Whoever, okay, doing his thing. Boom, boom. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Now I come back. There's enough. I waited there so long that there was a new security guard that came to relieve the first security guard right in the section where it's family and friends. Don't cross this line. <laughs> so I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And finally, I looked and Stephen was there by himself. He was looking down at his phone whether he was texting or tweet, I don't know. And I just, I look, I look right. I look left. Walk like you know what you're doing, even though I didn't have a wristband. And so I just kept walking real quick. And I just said, Giovanni Bernard. And he was on his phone and he looked, he laughed. And I said, how you doing, Steven? My name is Rock. I've been in Tampa Bay for 25 years. And I just, five, 10 minutes, man, I just want to know how you made it, your success. Could you do that for me? You may, how you made it to Barstool? He's like, sure. And I said, can you walk down this way with me? Because I don't have the credential to be here. He's like, sure. We started walking. He goes, do you want to go inside the media center? It's, it's the media room. It'll be a lot quieter in there. I was like, oh, oh. You are the man. You are my man. So to get in the air conditioning and when you go into the media room in the building where the Buccaneers are, there's nobody in there at that point because all the media is out watching practice. This couldn't be better. We sat down, hit the record, and you just heard it. The rest is history. And I was like, just on cloud nine, and I said, yes, I got what I was hoping to get. It's one of those things where you see it, you listen, you see the viral video. I hope he's there tomorrow. I'm going to get there early. Boom. He doesn't know me. It's on the fly. Introduce myself. Boom. Sit down. Boom. Podcast. Barstool. Boom. In the books. Yes. That's how you get it done. Thank you, Stephen. You made my day. And what I didn't realize is like he has been, like I said, from the business side, working at Barstool and then with the all 22 tape, uh, breaking it down. He's a Buccaneer fan. Oh, they bust his balls, especially big cat. Oh my God. And I couldn't believe that viral video with the Giovanni Bernard to Brady. He was on the team, uh, on the phone with his social team the night before they had a list of like three questions. He went over it. He was a little nervous because that's the next day he's going to, it's the first time he's done zoom or he's, been in the presence of Brady to ask Brady a question. He'd never met Brady. And uh, you get a little nervous because I reflected back going back some 30 years ago. I was young, national. Obviously, I was younger than I was now 30 years ago. 
uh, I was a national sports reporter for FNN. It was called Financial News Network, FNN. Monday through Friday, financial news. Saturday and Sunday, FNN Score, FNN Sports, 24-hour sports. It was like a CNN headline news type thing. That's what we were. And I was the East Coast reporter, national reporter. Everything from the Rockies over. I traveled, everything. And my producer called me and he says, hey, man, we're going to send you to Chicago. We want you to ask Mike Ditka, who was the coach of the Bears at the time. It's been one year since his heart attack. Uh, I'm going to call Pierre, blah, 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 call him back. Oh, yeah, you're set. You're going to get Ditka one-on-one. Boom. So uh, there used to be a lot of pressure because you they, they pay for your flight, your hotel, your rental car. You know, uh, I had a tra- travel to Lake Forest, Illinois. I get there. Who's standing outside? The Hallis. The Hallis Complex Sweetness, Walter Payton. He had a high voice. And I was like, holy shit. But I mean, but you get, I got there and the PR guy goes, oh, you're from FN? No, he's not doing any one-on-ones. I'm like, no, no, no. But my boy, no, they sent me here. I, I, I can't go home. He's like, at the end, he's talking to the writers today. At the end, you ask your question. You'll be able to ask your question. But let the beat writers get their questions in. And that's nerve wracking because you're on their territory. You're an outsider just coming in. You're not there daily. I know what Stephen Che was going through. Like, you don't want to blow it. You don't want to overstep your bounds because you're, you know, you let the beat writers and let the press conference go. Some new, new people, sometimes they come in, they don't, they don't understand the etiquette, man. They just start blabbing. First question. And like, there's a way to go about it, man. Even when I was younger, you notice, you know, and, uh, but you get nervous. You never know if somebody's going to ask a question, it's going to piss them off. Are they going to step up? Are they done? Does PR say that's it? And you don't get your question in. So when he was telling me that, but, but anyway, well, well, and, and so what happened was the bears beat writers were asking Dick, uh, you know, the questions that they needed. And then you're kind of getting nervous. All right, should I do it now? Don't want to wait too long. Uh, coach, you in the back. Who are you? Uh, I'm with uh, FNN. Uh, what's that? Uh, Financial News Network, but we're sports on weekend. Financial News Network? What are you, you going to ask me about my portfolio, my stocks? What? What? And, you know, you're shitting bricks and it's thick. And I was just like, uh, no, 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 no. What's your question? Uh, coach, it's been one year since your heart attack. How you feeling? I didn't remember Dick looks around. He goes, you know what? That's a good question. Because none of you son of a bitches that are here every day have asked me how I'm doing a year after my heart attack. Let me tell you something. I was playing golf the other day and it was a foursome and one of the guys was a doctor. And the doctor told me if you eat a lot the night before, if you have too many cold beers, if you uh, didn't get enough sleep, don't tax your heart the next day. Rest. I have remembered that answer 30 some years later. To this day, I try not to tax myself if I have one too many at night. Or I over it. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about that? Isn't that something? And, but Dick couldn't, and I wouldn't. I got one more follow-up. Boom, boom. I got my stuff. Boom. And I'm back on the plane. And I know I got it. Well, that's how Steven must have felt getting that Brady to laugh. Got the answer. Then uh, Ryan Griffin threw him a pass at camp. And he caught it. And all the fans were high-fiving him and all that. He got to meet Giovanni Bernard. And it was a successful work trip. So I, I, I feel for you. He got it done, man. And he was just a really down to earth, good guy. 
good guy. That's what I have been finding out doing these Rock Stops Here podcast. Whether it's an NHL player, NFL, MLB, a coach, broadcasters, ESPN, Fox Sports, now Barstool. You've made it to the top in your profession 99% of the time. They're good people. Yes, they're talented. Yes, they work hard. Yes, they took advantage of opportunity. But they're also good people, not jagoffs, not assholes. It was the Eastern Conference Finals, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, Tampa Bay Lightning versus the New York Rangers at Amelie Arena. I was in the uh, dining room. I looked. I see a credential. It says Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm like, that looks like that young kid, young man, that does national radio on CBS Sports Radio, Zach Gill. But looks like him. He's got shorts. He's got a lightning. You know what, man? I was up near the uh, dessert uh, ice cream. You look like the guy that's on national radio. Young guy. He goes, yeah, that's me. And he goes, hey, how you doing, Rock? No, I checked the uh, I checked the list. I'm sitting right next to you. I think I follow you on Twitter. I couldn't believe it. This guy's on 250 some radio stations. Future uh, the up and comers in sports talk radio across the country, and I sat next to him, and we bullshitted. He couldn't have been more down to earth. It's really really cool to see, and so continued success, Stephen Che, Arstool Sports. Thank you very much, and I know I'll run into you once again. You guys are kicking ass. So, speaking of training camp, heat, humidity, woo! What I am finding out is I like, you know, I have covered so many camps. Sometimes you'll get a head coach, and they're going to try to reinvent the wheel. I think it was, I think it was Lovey Smith. Oh, we're going to practice in the heat of the day. In the in the afternoon, oh, it's gonna move. We'll be in great shape. What what? I I I would love to see a study, really an in depth, deep dive study by medical professionals. Does it really help you to practice in the heat in Florida? Do you really have an advantage? I remember there was a former player when I first moved down here. His name was Scott Brantley, good old boy. And he goes, by the time that season, they had had three a days in the Florida heat. He goes, by the time that season started, we were plumb worn out. <laughs> we, we were so damn worn out. I wonder if it really works. But anyway, what I like about training camp under Todd Bowles, it's early. 8.30, they start. Boom, they're done. 10.45, 10.50. But if you get your interviews, you're done 11.30. Oh, love it. Love it. But the day is long. I like getting up early. I like getting there. I try to get there between 7.30 and 8 to go to the daily, uh, daily credential tent, put my stuff in the media room. Boom. I like getting there early, seeing, you know, getting settled. I don't like rushing in. I like it. But what I'm finding is now I'm, I'm not catching passes. I'm not tackling. I'm not running. I'm not wearing helmet, a helmet. I'm not wearing shoulder me pads. I'm not wearing full gear. I'm just standing or sitting or walking, but it, the heat, this brutal heat and humidity, it, it drains you. It's good for you. I think being outside, but so I thought it was me by eight o'clock, nine o'clock. I'm ready to go to bed. But I have a family. 
I have a daughter that's 13 years old. She is not going to bed at that time. I have a little dog. I have a wife. There's, I, they might be watching TV. My daughter's this, then she's going to get something to eat and this and that. And then our dog sees somebody outside or hears and is barking and this and that. And so it's like, <laughs> I'm trying to go to bed early, but it doesn't happen. And, and I thought it was me. And I, my eyes are crossing. One of the security guards, and you know what they do? They've got, this is at least at Bucks training camp. I don't know what it's like wherever you are. They have security that stand on the field every 60, 70 feet, maybe, uh, all the way around. And they stand there for, what, three hours. And it's hot. They were long pants. They got the shirt. They got the ball cap on. And so one of the security guys I was talking to the other day, and he's like, I took a four-hour nap yesterday, man. He goes, I am worn out. I It drains you. It drains you. The heat drains you. One of the pirates that the Buccaneers employ, he's a little loud. There's one good one. There's one that's a little loud, but I guess you got to be loud. Let me just, okay. I heard him the other day. Oh, God, come on, you know, blah, 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 but Tampa, Bay, Tampa, Bay, Tampa, Bay, hey, ah, ah, pillage. He goes, I go to bed at seven o'clock. I'm out of bed at seven o'clock. Now, I don't know whether or not he was bullshitting or if he was telling the truth. I don't doubt it. It really, it's just unbelievable. Brady said it last week. He goes, these conditions are, are really tough. I'm just, I'm surprised there aren't more players that go down. Look, I know they're in tip top condition. I know they're in their twenties, the majority of them, but still, I don't know how they play football. In this heat, I just, I just do not. I just do not. And I would love to know, is it really an advantage? When we get into September or October, when another team comes down, they're only out there for the three hours game time. Like, is it really an advantage or does it tire the body out more? You know? Anyway, that is not for uh, me to just discuss any further because I am not an expert. Uh, but I did... Time for the life of Riley. So what's going on? The debate. Do you drive? Do you fly? We had to go from Tampa Bay to North Georgia to pick up our daughter who was at sleepaway camp. Three and a half weeks. Too long in my estimation. My wife thinks that's a little long. She likes it, even though there was some drama going on amongst BFF, but she liked it. And I wanted to get, so what we do is Emily and I flew up to Atlanta Hartsfield airport. It was still busy as hell. Not as busy as it was three and a half weeks ago in the middle of summer vacation with all families traveling. It was still busy. But what we do is we rent a car that way we're not putting all the mileage on my car, her car, and it breaks it up. You driving something different. It's not that bad. Eh, I think it's worth it. And we're going to fly, uh, drive back. And that's what we did because we couldn't get a direct to work time-wise and to go from Atlanta to Nashville to try to make the connection. You know how there's been a lot of delays and cancellations and stuff. I ain't going to deal with that and all the people. Uh, it was coughing on the last flight. Uh, so Emily and I go up, boom. We had three different rental car reservations because the lines were long last time. This one worked out, not a problem, boom on our way, 
Boom. Stayed in a little comfort in holiday. One of those things. Boom. Next morning, pick up Addy. Being the dad that's going to do all the driving, the nine hours, I wanted to get on the road. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but when you are in a female-oriented family, you do not control anything. They run the show. So we, we, we pull up, give our name, get our gear, boom. Emily says, do you want to, you could stop and get a tour. Your daughter could give you a tour of the camp. Emily asked her, she goes, I don't know if we're allowed to walk around. Emily asked it again. Do you think she asked it three times when my wife asks something three times, just do it. Just get it done. Just, just get it done. And when she asked that third time, I was like, it looks like our return trip is going to be delayed by a tour of the camp in North Georgia. And that's what happened. But you know what? My daughter was excited to show us the cabin where she and the girls in her cabin show us the field, show us where they ate, show us where they did this, show us where they did the arts and crafts, show us where they did the music, show us the stage, show us all that, show us the lake. We walked the entire camp. We didn't get on the road for a little bit, but you know what? It all worked out. And then... And my, my daughter needed tissues and I could sit. She had a cold. That's normal coming from a camp. And, oh, my God, all I wanted to do is after driving nine hours, just chill out. My wife set up, well, one of the daughters, and it was really nice, uh, one of her friends from her musical theater, her school here, where, where she goes to school, wanted to surprise her with a couple of other girls and do surprise when we pulled into the house after nine hours, oh, we were, and, and, and we were driving, we were driving, we must've been driving for about six, seven. And I just said to my wife, I think my daughter started to fall asleep. She never falls asleep in the backseat. And Emily was back there with her. And I said, uh, do you think maybe tomorrow? Uh, could she goes already set up. Okay. Looks like there's going to be a surprise party when we roll in. There was a surprise party. But you know what? Once again, my daughter would, couldn't have been happier. They had the lights out. She went into her room. They popped out of the closet. My daughter was couldn't believe it. She fell back on the bed, and the girls were going to be just having a great time. And at that point, after that long journey, and now I got about five, six girls in my house, 13 years old. I said, I'm going down to the crafty brew beer for brew for a beer. She said, you earned it. I said, thank you very much. And I walked down there and I had not one, but two, but three. And it was glorious. And it was funny too, because Preseason football. I actually had forgotten. I was busy. I was driving. I had forgotten that the Hall of Fame game was on that night. And the owners of the bar that I was walking to were sitting outside. He was smoking a stogie. There was another couple that they're friends with and a mother. And they were done. And I, they said, oh, you want to join us, Rock? you know what, man, I just drove from North Georgia. I just want to have a cold one in the AC. I'm fine by myself. And he goes, oh, you know what, Rock, I'll put the game back on for you. 
No, you don't have to do that, Steve. I'll put the game back on for you. All right. So he popped it on. I'm like, look at this. Football is back. National broadcast of the first preseason game are usually pretty damn good. It's not like your local affiliates putting it on. Then you really know it's like preseason football uh, because they have bigger budgets and more cameras and the crews are bigger and the quality and all that jazz. And the sound was, uh, he goes, I'll put the sound up. I said, no, 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 no. Keep the music going, man. Keep the music going in here. I like the tunes you got, Steve. So, and then he was talking to me. He was a Patriots fan talking about Belichick, this. And he looks back at me, he goes, you know, Brady's not going to win another one. You know that, right? You know that, right? I, I laugh. I laugh. Probably you're right, Steve. Probably right, Steve. But all in all, blessed, very, I, I don't like when people keep saying blessed. I'm not going to do that. Very, very appreciative of what I have. And being able to go out on a trip like that, having our to bring our daughter back, being able to walk to the bar, neighborhood bar. It's like a cheers. Everybody knows everybody. And that's great. That is great. You cannot, you cannot beat that. I just love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. What else? Oh, he, here's another thing. I'm, I am at the stage now. You know, it depends on what stage in life you are. I am at the stage where I don't want to go into a venture if I don't think it's going to succeed. I would, I, you know, this is the stage that I'm at now. Um, I know a guy that is a, well, he was a longtime broadcaster. He's kind of little bit with broadcasting, more in the digital thing. He's working at a company, but he, he, his philosophy, now he's younger than me, but his philosophy is I'm, I'm throwing a lot of shit in against the wall. See what sticks. I try this, doesn't work. I'm going to try this website, doesn't work. I'm going to try this podcast, doesn't work. Don't try. Now, that's where he's at. Uh, I had an opportunity a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple, two, three months ago, two months ago, maybe. Get a call, boom, there's a show. They need a host. They need a host. They will pay you. The host will pay you directly. Da, 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 da. They really need a host. The guy's not a host. Da, 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 da. Huh, let, me, let, 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 me, let me see. Let me see. It's on a smaller station. They are also. Um, I looked into it. There really could have been a possible connection of those that are on the show, but I looked, I said, I don't see this succeeding. I just don't. And my wife says, well, it's extra money. And maybe they're not succeeding because they need a host to move it along. Yeah, but I just don't, I just, on on where they're at and what, I just don't know. No, and I can use, who, who can't use extra cash and in this business, but I don't want to go into anything that has a good chance of not succeeding. What I'm getting at is I was a big boxing guy. I still love big fights. I love it. I don't follow it as nearly as closely as I used to. Have I been following Jake Paul? Yes. Have I followed Logan Paul on what he's done on WWE? Look, you probably can't even stand the Paul brothers if you don't follow it closely. I get it. I get it. Jake Paul is a troll, man. He is an annoying trash talker. Damn, that's what he does. Somebody's got to be a heel, but 
Logan Paul. So I was listening. I download. I it was only an hour flight to Atlanta, but anytime I fly now, I've been doing this the last couple of years. I download a couple of podcasts so I can listen to podcasts. It's, it's usually always a Chris Jericho talk is Jericho, baby talk is. I, for some reason, it's usually a Jericho. Um, I downloaded Triple H, who runs WWE, especially now that Vince McMahon is gone was on Logan Paul's podcast, Logan Paul and his buddies. And it was really good. And Triple H is like, there's been only a handful of guys that I have seen that have picked it up as quickly as Logan Paul has. He really has. He's a very good athlete and it's amazing how fast he's picked it up. Yes. He's into WrestleMania against him is yes. He's getting the push because he's got all the followers and the young people that like to follow him. Hey man, that's business. It's a big business. That's good on WWE. But Jake Paul, he's losing. I mean, you know, good for what he was able to do and sell out arenas. He's helping those on the other card. He pays. They're making more under him. But I'm telling you what, man, it's almost like with, a, with business decisions, like he was on a roll. And then like the Tommy Fury and it didn't Tommy Fury. I don't know. He couldn't get his visa. He couldn't come into this country. You know, how do you not get that? It's going to be your largest payday. Sorry, Tommy Fury. You've had two chances now. I don't want to hear your name again. All right. Haseen Rahman Jr. Haseen Rahman. I covered his father. Haseen Rahman. Yeah. Haseen Rahman. The father said at the big press conference that his son doesn't take care of business, doesn't train as well as he should. That's coming from the dad. He signed to be a certain weight. He wasn't going to make the weight. There's two sides to every story. But again, they were supposed to fight at Madison Square Garden. It doesn't come off. Now you're losing. Then then the last couple of days, last week, I see he's on going at it with KSI. That's another YouTuber. That's a just... You're losing, you're losing the credibility, man. So your next decision's got to be the right one or all the work that you put in with your brand, eh, you're not going to get the pay-per-view buys or sell. You know, I'd like to see Conor, Conor McGregor, such a damn trash talker and another son of a gun, but he's so much smaller. So I don't know. But anyway, that is just me. It's just me and where I'm at right now. Now that I say that, I'll probably talk to you next week and saying I'm jumping into some venture that I have no idea it's going to succeed. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that, but you never know what's going to happen. So listen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Stephen Che from Barstool Sports. And I'm going to do my best to find somebody else that has made it to the top. What is their secret? How did they do it? That's what I like to talk about. And I, and they are the, they're the show. They are the rock stops here. Where am I going to stop? I don't know. It's usually on the fly. All right, guys, thanks so much, man, for supporting me. It's slowly growing. I know you supporters are strong and listen every week, and I appreciate it. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. It's very easy. Just click the subscribe. Boom. Hit it. Boom. And you'll get this podcast every Tuesday. All righty. Alrighty, hang in there, man. I'll talk to you next Tuesday on The Rock Stops Here.
This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. The PFL, they need Cyborg because if you tell me they can't sign Cyborg and she either re-signs with, with Bellator or maybe she goes signs a one-fight deal with the UFC to fight a man Nunez, maybe maybe it's a one-fight plus one. I, look, if you told me put a percentage on where I think Chris Cyborg's next fight is, I would say probably 5% UFC, 60% PFL, 35% Bellator. I'm really proud I, I just, of you like, doing the math right on that one. <laughs> I, I, I had to start thinking in my head there. <laughs> but like, like, the one thing that I noticed when I did my Bellator rankings after uh, the last card was that there was only nine total fighters to, or I guess you'd say eight fighters to rank because Cyborg's a champion. So two fighters were no longer a part of the pool. It, it just it just makes me wonder, like, if you're Bellator, you know, do, do you do you stay in that Chris Cyborg business? Like, like, look, as a fight fan, I want to see Kayla Harrison versus Chris Cyborg. Like, my thing with Kayla Harrison is, like, I truly believe that she wants to go down as the greatest women's mixed martial arts. Now, I think all she wants to get paid too, but the reality is, and this is no disrespect to what the PFL is doing right now, you can't be in the PFL and have a, a arguable resume to say you are the best fighter. Yeah. Because for Kayla, the opponent she needs to beat, there aren't that many in her weight class at 145. Uh, it's two names to validate herself. It's Cyborg and it's Amanda Nunez. Yeah. And then you start looking at taking on credible UFC bantamweights who put on weight and, and, and fight weight class above. So those are the two names for Kayla to put herself in the same category as Amanda or Valentina Shevchenko. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence.